It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Please welcome to the stage Endeavor and TKO CEO Ari Emanuel. I'm going to start on one very serious subject just you happen to be one of the most influential members, I'd say, of the Jewish community in the U.S. Um, and so I'm curious for your thoughts on the events of the, the past week. Well, I actually wrote something, but before I wrote I saw that. Um, you know, I had this, it's not the same as 9-11, but I had that same feeling. Um, just to level set, um, you know, my last name was taken from my father's brother's first name, who died in 33, taking food and, and medicine into Jerusalem. <clears throat> um, as a Jew, what happened in Israel this past weekend was one of the worst pogroms um, in history, not including the Holocaust. And that was under Bibi Netanyahu. My grandmother escaped the Bolsheviks and the pogrom that happened then. It was even worse than that pogrom because we didn't have a Jewish state. We now have a Jewish state. Now we have a country with probably one of the great militaries, one of the great intelligence apparatuses. But from my opinion, a morally corrupt Bibi Netanyahu exposed Israel and its people to rape death, beheadings of children, murders of fathers, mothers, grandmothers. And he did it to stay in power. He nominated a minister of Homeland Security that didn't even serve the mandatory military term required in all of Israel. He nominated a second minister of defense who barely was a soldier. He fired the minister who was a general uh, and had to bring him back because of public pressure. He refused to meet with key military figures. Uh, He was trying to change the Supreme Court um, because he had to keep himself out of jail. Um, And this led to a vulnerability that is unprecedented. And this would be like 30,000 Americans dying in 9-11. That's what happened in Israel. And I just think it's time that we get rid of this man. Yeah. So, um, and you know, we talk about, um, I mean, there's been a lot of conversations about Hamas and the Palestinians. The ignorance about Hamas and Hezbollah and the Palestinian issue, they're terrorists. I can argue with you and discuss with you properly, and I probably have 
different feelings than most people are saying maybe about the Palestinian issue and how he was using maybe, maybe Hezbollah and to, to expand um, settlements. But they, they're heinous. They've had the territory for, since 2007 when they were elected. Anybody that goes against them in Hezbollah, they, they get rid of, they have not created any economic benefit. That is not the Palestinian issue. So um, I'm just angry. I'm upset. You know, and um, I don't think this man deserves uh, to, um, to be in power. So. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just horrible. Well, thank you for sharing that. There is absolutely no seamless transition, but I, I was curious for how you're feeling. Um, we are uh, we are here to talk about business, not politics, for the most part, unless you have oh, no. some thoughts to jump in later. No. Um, you know, you closed your deal for WWE a few weeks ago now. So business. Like I think it's like four and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, it's business you know well. You worked with them as an agent. Um, yeah. What? Why did you want to buy it? And what is the opportunity that you see to grow a business that's been around for four plus decades now? Well, listen. We. I think it's kind of UFC 2.0. You know, we took that business from you know great owners in Las Vegas doing about 150 million dollars in EBITDA, and we've increased the EBITDA by a significant amount of money. Um, Vince and Dana's done an unbelievable job, continues to do an unbelievable job in that business. Um, Vince has been decades and decades running this business. And I think our flywheel, whether it be international rights, domestic rights, sponsorship, site fees, um, all the stuff that we do, and the cost savings that we can bring into it because of our organization, um, I thought that there was a lot of upside of what we could create in addition to what we do on the domestic side and the rights deals. And also for the street, I think our Endeavor story was a little confusing. We were not getting, I mean, I don't think any CEO believes that they're getting proper credit <laughs> um, for the economic value that they create. Um, and so this would be a pure play in, in sports, combat sports. And then the rest of Endeavor, and then we could go, we tried to do the following to everybody. One, our cash flow conversion, that's what the street was asking. I think we did a pretty good job there. By doing this deal, we've reduced our debt below three times. It's a pure play, I think people can understand it now. I don't think they're understanding. Well, I was <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you brought up you brought up UFC earlier, and one of the things that happened. And I'm a genius, aren't I? Yeah. One of the things that happened that with UFC is yeah. you bought it. Everyone said you overpaid, which has been a recurring theme for you. You yeah. buy something, people yeah. say you overpay, right. you prove them wrong. With UFC, though, you had a. I assume you had a feeling, and you were right that you could go and get a much bigger media Increase. deal because they're right. Yeah. Now there was a point in time at which it looked pretty hairy. I, in fact, wrote a story that uh, Christian, who worked with you, didn't speak to me for like two years after I mm. wrote it because it was about the challenges you guys were having in, in getting a deal. But you did get a deal with Disney. The street, so far, to your point, doesn't love the deal that you already did for WWE. You mean the NBC deal? The NBC deal. Because So for those that don't know, there's, WWE has two sets of rights, well, three, but two TV sets of rights. There's SmackDown and Raw. Mm. 
And NBC, which had what was seen as the more premium package, paid for the less premium package. You got a 40% increase. increase so. yeah. It seemed like people both expected that to be more and or were worried that because NBC had sort of traded down that you were going to be in a tough spot with. Okay, so let me answer the question, okay? <laughs> you know, which you, you've nailed it. Here's, here's what I would say. Again, they're wrong, but um, we got a 40% increase for SmackDown. We have Raw, which is the number one package available. There's three rights coming available to market. Three big rights. WWE Raw. NBA. UFC. NBA. Okay? We are involved in two of them, right? There's six buyers. Plus, I would say uh, WWE Network, which is up in 26. I think I'm saying that. Maybe 25. 26. <clears throat> so, you know, you cannot undervalue the WWE and UFC for the following reasons. One, there we do not have a season. One of the biggest issues that will happen with SVODs and networks is churn. We're 52 weeks a year, right? And we're flexible. You want us Thursday night, you want us Tuesday night. I don't have, I don't have any of those scheduling issues. And that churn issue, because we're the full year, is so much different from any other sport because then people churn out. That's one of the issues with sports. Not in a bad way, but it, that's they what- They sign it, up for the NFL and then- And then the package is over and then you, then you leave. We do not have, our fans are loyal, they stick around and they, they, they stay with, the, and they move. Do you think that the NBA deal has to get resolved before? No, no, no. So I would say to you, there's plenty of interest with Raw right now. I know people like, well, I, like NBC is out of the mix and that's why it went down. I think there's three things that happen. One, the reason the stock is down is one, they thought like Raw was the best package. I thought a 40% increase, which was in line with expectation, was good. Two, the PFL situation. And three, probably uh, Vince in our deal wanted to be able to put at any point in time his stock. You know, he's 78 years old. He's been working at this for decades and decades. So I think those three back-to-back -back issues. For those that don't know the PFL situation. So the Saudis invested in this, actually, a, a, a sport that we said, fine, put it on ESPN. That's on ESPN with us with the UFC called the PFL. They put $100 million in. The WWE makes a, over $100 million from the Saudis for a five-year deal for two events. It came from the group that did, um, do, that does events in, um, in Saudi. People were thinking it was the next live. It was announced actually today, I don't know if you saw it, we're doing an event with the UFC in Saudi, right? And they, they said that there's no exclusivity, which is an indication that that was for events, we were bringing them an event. And so I think that will calm some nerves. Um, and so we now have two big things to go out to market with, like I was and Mark Shapiro was with UFC. We're pretty calm right now about our rights. We think we have great, a great situation. We have an unbelievable relationship with Bob Iger and ESPN and, and, and Jim and everybody there. And Raw's like the ratings are through the roof, SmackDown through the roof. Our ratings are through the roof. Our events are sold out. So we feel really good. I want to get back to rights in a second, but since Saudi Arabia came up, I'm yeah. curious. Rewind five years, or maybe less than that, after Jamal Khashoggi gets murdered, 
you say you give back money or just yeah, yeah. That, that Saudi Arabia is going to invest in your company. You now are in business with them in right. a couple of ways, right? Am I, yeah. What has changed between then? I would say, I mean, we didn't want them. I didn't want them at the time in our, in our, in our, we weren't public in our investor stack. Okay. I said on many podcasts about my feelings about the situation and how it, <clears throat> we, they have hired us to distribute. And I didn't say that we would never be, do business in Saudi. I just didn't want them in my, in the financial stack of our investors. We distribute their now soccer league through IMG. Because of the WWE, we're in business with them for at least five years. Two events a year, great. They just bought uh, uh, an event from us for the UFC. Great price, we're doing the event. It'll be an unbelievable card. So I just, at the time, didn't feel comfortable for many reasons, which has been stated. And, but we're in business with them now. Um, so that's simple. And my colleagues and I uh, reported recently that your company has expressed some interest, you brought up Live, some interest in maybe investing in the PGA Tour. Saudi Arabia is obviously supposed to be part of, you're smiling at me. No, no, we, we, we <laughs> you reported, you're an unbelievable journalist. We, we, we like, I think it's like seven other bidders. We put in a bid for the, um, there's a 501c3 nonprofit, and then they created a profit uh, uh, investment opportunity for the PGA. We put in a bid, I think a week ago, like, you know, Friday. Um, we are in, in TKO, the, lot, the sports business. I'm an avid golfer. Anybody wants to have a seven handicap? We, you know, we, you know, and it's you, one of the great sports. I love it. You know, I think we could add to it what we've added to all of our sports based on the flywheel. Would that, do you have a sense of whether that would be in addition to the Saudi money coming in or instead of? Uh, we put in our bid. Yeah. For what? For the PGA deal. Okay. For, 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 for a piece of the tour or for the for, whole thing? For, for the PGA. For, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A piece or whole? I'm you, know, you, can't, you can't buy the majority. OK, thank you. So. Um, I would love to. Yeah. Um, now, on the sports rights front, a lot of this is predicated on that market keep continuing to yeah. increase. Yeah. That has been ballooning for a long, long time. Right. Given what you're seeing with the kind of continued collapse of TV, um, the way that some... Okay, the, 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 I'm not going to interrupt you, okay? Yeah, the NFL well, you know made a 10-year deal with linear television. 10 years, okay? The linear business is not going anywhere. They've also made deals on digital. We did the same thing. ESPN, ESPN Plus on the UFC side. <clears throat> WWE did. Peacock, uh, Showtime, I mean, um, uh, USA Network, um, and Fox, which is whatever. So the, 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 the linear business is not going anywhere. The sports business is moving and in in, in, is going to figure itself out between digital and linear. It's an unbelievably healthy market. They all have to be in it. They all want to be. Every single one of the players want to be in it because of the audience. We have two assets in the sports business that don't have a, are year long, don't have a season. I don't believe prices are going down. 
You're going to figure out the bifurcation of the rights and give things up, not give things up. How, um, how long do you think it is before Netflix actually jumps into sports? You know, they're in sports right now, but they just do the Box. shoulder programming. Yeah. Um, I think their point of view, and you'll ask Ted tomorrow, is we build up the, we don't want to be in the bidding of, of rights and then not have any long tail. So I'm not sure. I, they did bid uh, on Formula One, and but yep. ESPN got it. So I, I think that was a smaller package, meaning smaller economics. So we'll see. Um, that we've we've gone through all this time without talking about Hollywood. So now I got to ask you about that. You Hollywood? Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> I was all, I only studied about sports. Uh, yeah. I I think you're you know what you're talking about. Um, <clears throat> do you still consider yourself an agent? Yeah, I'm in it. I'm an agent. Yep. I got Marty's movie coming out. Marty Scorsese's movie yeah. coming out. I just finished a pretty significant two significant deals at. Um, Netflix for significant amount of money for two big clients. Care um, to, to share? Um, I think they've got a, a Tyler Perry and David Ellison. So, um, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 in it every day with clients <laughs> every day. So, I mean, there's a screen act. There's a you know the actors the are strike, on strike, so it's yeah. pretty hard. But yeah, why do you think that's taken so long? Uh, as I said, I think my last earnings call, I said, this is going to take months, not days. It's going to, they, they've got big issues they have to address. I just hope that they all get in a room, lock the door, and don't leave, and nobody gets on a soapbox. How much influence, like, do you get involved in this? Do you call both sides? No, I don't think they want us agents involved. You know, I've, I've talked behind the scenes to a bunch of people. They're handling it, um, so. Um, <laughs> it's just frustrating. I mean, just lock the door. And when you're in a negotiation, get half a loaf. I mean, what's with everybody? I need the full loaf. I mean, just get a half a loaf and move on. <laughs> Make a deal. It's not that hard. We all need to go to work. Do you blame one side more than the other? There's no blame. It's just like, you know, it, you don't have to solve every issue right now. You don't. You can do as best you can in the moment. People need to go on, you know, the screen actors, I mean, the writers were 140 days in a week. Directors were a week. This is going on a long time. Get in a room, lock the door, and say, okay, you know, it's not exactly what I want, but it's affecting a lot of people, and, it, and it, a lot of people are hurting. And in this day and age, you, you, it's not the last time you're going to be at the table. You're not winning an Oscar for this negotiation. Um, I want to play a, a little game with you, um, or you're. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really don't like games. Yeah, There's, I like Sudoku, but I don't like games. Sudoku's great. Yeah. Um, so they're Wordle. I do, I'm good at Wordle. I am a Wordle guy. Yeah. Um, Can't do a connection. They're, uh, as, as I talked about earlier and as you and I have discussed, it's a fairly shaky time in media and entertainment. Or there just seems to be a lot of change. A um, lot of traditional companies that are trying to figure out what to do. Uh -huh. So looking across entertainment, media, you can even go into tech if you want. You got a 
put a buy on one company and a short or a sell on one company? What do you do for each? You want me to go around and tell you? I just want one for each. No, you don't oh, have to you, do you want me to say company. like, oh, no, no, I no. want to, I want to buy Disney. I want to no, sell. Just one that. for each. I don't understand the question. Do you guys there's, understand the question? If there's one company that you believe will have a really good next five years, who is that? And one company that you think is going to have a really well, good for sure. Year. I think um, YouTube, Google will be fine. I think Microsoft will be fine. Um, I think Netflix will be fine. Um, I think uh, Comcast, you know, $40 billion free cash flow, pretty good. Um, I think uh, Zaz has figured it out. He, he, went through, he went through that tough year where he was getting killed, but he's not profitable. Bob's going through it now. He's a very good executive. He'll figure it out. I would not put my money on Paramount. Um, uh, I think there's going to be rough times at Fox just because... Their demographic is getting older, and I don't know what, you know, you got family issues. Um, did it, um, <laughs> um, what, when you say, I'm curious, because you brought up two of the ones that have had a, a kind of a shaky Oh, family issues. Well, I was, yes. Yeah. But with, with David Zaslav, uh, what do you think he has figured out? Well, he's, he's paying down debt. He's made his streaming service profitable. He's got his people in place for a strategy on DC, on um, the movie business. Casey, boys at HBO, is incredible. Um, I, I, I think he's, he's now off to the races. It, you know, you got to remember with all these executives, and Bob just coming back, they're driving down the street 60 miles an hour, and they're changing four tires. It is not easy in this day and age, as you just talked to the dynamics of going on. Plus, they got a lot of debt, so it's hard. You know, and I think they both got really good assets, and they'll figure it out. Do you have an opinion of what, because Bob has tossed a ton of balloons out there. Do you, what would you do if you were in his position? No, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Um, another one of your favorite subjects, then. Uh, CAA, long uh, arrival of your agency, although now I get that your company does a lot more than that. Uh, just sold a majority stake. I think you were on a podcast earlier this year, and correct me if I'm misquoting you, where you basically said that you would pay the salaries of the guys still running that company to stay because you think it's benefited you. I'm you know, I should have. I actually, <laughs> I actually should have written something up about them. So this past week, and this is serious, actually, the two heads of that company were uh, sued for their involvement in Harvey Weinstein. <clears throat> and it's been, I think, seven cases. There was the Steven Seagal's case that they told Kevin Uvain about, and he said, don't do anything. Brad, and, and you know, the whole edict about CAA that they pitch is everybody knows everything we, we share. Seven different agents knew about different incidents with women. <clears throat> when they took over, they decided that we're, not, we're going to look the other way and set people up, and that's why they got sued. Kevin and Brian, from my perspective, and, and we all think, you know, hashtag me too, we have to believe, the, you know, the woman, and I agree with that. <clears throat> they, 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 set, they told this woman, you know, don't do it, it's bad, 
They, Gwyneth Patro talked about it with Brad Pitt, other people. You're sitting in a situation that Kevin and Brian are like to Harvey Weinstein, like what's her name, Maxwell was to Jeffrey Epstein. They were leading them in to this man. So what should happen with them is the following, and then I'll talk about the business. As any public company, or in private company, and they're owned now by Kirin, which is a huge luxury brand for women. You should bring an outside person to investigate it. Not somebody you hired from Paul Weiss. They should take a leave of absence. This is the seventh time this has been brought up about that agency. I don't know where Screen Actors Guild is on it, because if, if it was an agency in the Valley, they would have closed that thing down. So they should take a leave of absence, an investigator should come in, and they should look at what they did. They didn't apologize. They didn't deny it. They didn't. So from my perspective, it's horrific. I don't know where Margot Robbie is, where, where Meryl Streep is on this issue. Like, hey, where are you guys? Where, where, are you guys questioning your leaders and your agents? No, they're not. As it relates to the business now, and I think that's a, it's disgusting what they did. And it's, it's happened when they were just taking power. So, um, you know, we got a bigger business than them in the agency business. Um, and, you know, if there were $7 billion, and you can put my stock price up there for EDR, again, it's going to make depress me tonight, we're worth a lot more. And we have more morals. And we have a better business in, you know, th they got valued at 15 times for the agency business. Quint, which is an experienced business, same as my business on location, just got valued at about 15 times. I just sold um, IMG my Academy. IMG Academy, which I got zero value for, for a billion two. I sold my production company for a billion dollars. And then I have a betting business. You know, open bet. I'm not getting any credit for any of those things. To the to the, and I actually don't expect it to be 15 times because that's the private market. It shouldn't be one and a half times. Give me six. I got kids to feed. <laughs> I think you're you're doing all right. Yeah. So I mean, it's like I, I just don't understand it. You know. Um, I'm curious on that. On that note, you have at least recently, and maybe you said it before, apologies if I missed it, started to talk to talk about Mark Shapiro, who's the president of yeah. the company, as your successor. Yeah, Are you, we have a succession plan throughout the whole company. Yeah. yeah. Are, is that because you're starting to think about leaving your current job? I think he probably wants to kick me out. <laughs> you know? Now, li listen, I just, he's an unbelievable executive. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. I love what I do. I think I have enough energy, but these people will tell me, my, 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 my clients and my associates will tell me. But he deserves a ton of credit for his, his intelligence, the way he runs the business with me. Um, we do it together on both, um, and he always shoots me straight. That's all you can ask for an executive. And I just think people need to know him, and he definitely will be the heir apparent to running both businesses. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thanks.
You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.